Welcome to the Tales of Africa podcast with your host, Richmond Setrana. Tales of Africa is an initiative to project positive African values and challenge the status quo of Africa being relegated to the background. We aim to establish Africa as a no-pushover continent and to reduce the over-reliance on Western media by creating our own unique medium of communication where African stories and perspective matter. So today in our studios, we have Benis Elom Setrana, a final year master's student at the People's Friendship University of Russia. She has businesses both in Ghana and Russia, dealing mainly in crockery and kitchenware. She has a passion for teaching and spends her free time tutoring kids in Russia. So today, Benis will be talking to us about living in the diaspora as an African. So Benis, welcome to our studios once again. Thank you very much. Yeah, so Benis, um, can you tell us a bit about your background, the society where you grew up, you know, your family, education, professional background, anything you think um, our listeners um, should know about you? Okay, once again, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be on this platform, Tales of Africa. I'm very honored to be here. Okay, so I'm Benis Elom Setrana, and... I hail from the Volta region of Ghana, but basically I grew up in Obwasi, which is also in Ghana with my parents and my brothers. So later on, I relocated to Accra when I was just um, 12 years old, and that is where I had my junior high education. So uh, moving on, I had my senior high education at the Ghana National College. Then I proceeded to go to the University of Professional Studies for my degree in banking and finance. Then um, recently I had the opportunity to pursue a master's degree in international business in Russia, 2009, where I am currently. So in 2020, my interest in food presentation um, coupled with my desire to actually honor my mother was what birthed the, um, my first business, which is Pat's Cookery in Ghana. So Pat's Cookery basically deals in kitchenware, plates, bowls, cups, sauces, cutlery, and wine glasses. And my second business is right here in Russia, where I am where I serve um, delicious African snacks like spring rolls and dishes like wache, jollof, and authentic <laughs> African shittle. So my passion for kids and teaching landed me a job here to teach in Russia, um, to teach Russian kids English um, language. So that is just something brief about me. That's very wonderful. So it's interesting to note, you said you've been in Russia for about um, two years now, right? So yes. um, what are some of the misconceptions most Africans have about living abroad? Wow. Yeah, I, I think most Africans, right, feel that they need to travel abroad to make it in life. That is like one very big misconception I've realized. Trust me, I know most people here and I have friends who would gladly go back home 
if they had a steady income. Most actually, mo- actually, right? Most people prefer to build a home back home, to build a life, to build a home, to build a family back home rather than here in the diaspora. And and that so you would realize that the thoughts or the misconception of oh everybody wants to travel outside and be based here and um you need to travel outside to make it in life is actually not the case and another misconception that i've noticed is and people feel that you automatically get the opportunity to work the moment you start living abroad so it's like there are jobs here that are just waiting for people to come that is actually another misconception because i know people who have been here for years and looking for jobs people are still relying on um, their parents and their folks back home to send them money for food so it's actually not easy lots and lots of people are here stranded not having the opportunity to work not even knowing where the next meal will come from so I feel it is also an, a, a big misconception when people feel that they need to travel outside because they need to work. That is actually a very big misconception. So living abroad is not a bed of roses. I feel even here you, you need to work harder than you do back home because here you realize that people are working two, three, four jobs in a day, living from one place to another. It's quite. It can be quite hard and tough here. Trust me. Yeah. Wow, I see. Thank you so much. That that was enlightening. But we realize that most people move to the diaspora because they think it offers more and better opportunities than back home in Africa, right? So as you are saying, exactly. they get there and then they realize that probably that may not be the case. So they end up maybe waiting for a very long time before getting a job, not knowing where their next meal will come from. So, what, what, in your opinion, does the diaspora actually offer more and better opportunities? Okay, um, to some extent, actually, I would say yes. And that is because of the environment that is being created here in the diaspora. So, you realize that most students back home do not have the mindset of working and schooling. because the idea of working tends to be geared towards like the corporate field. So you realize that a child is in the university, someone is in the university, and um, the person has, is, is, is not driven to even look for a job to do or something to do to earn him extra cash. Because you're, you'll be like, oh no, you just need to focus on school. Yours is just to go to school to learn. So nothing is actually driving them to even um, look, be on the lookout to try and see if they can do something to earn a living or even earn extra cash. So um, back home, you realize that, oh, if it's working, then it has to be in the corporate field. Then it has to be in a bank. It has to be in a company. It has to be something in the corporate world. So anything that is not corporate, does not attract the African youth. But over here, you feel left out if you are not even working. Okay. 
you barely take into consideration the okay. type of job over here, so long as you are earning money to support yourself. So mm. the environment over here, that's I a see. lot to shape the mindset as to how you make money. And I think this is actually something you hardly see back home. Wow. Wow. So um, you are a young entrepreneur yourself, okay? A young business owner. So what are some of the barriers of entry for young Africans who want to become business owners like yourself? And also what about those who want to harness their skills or talents as a sustainable source of livelihood? What are some of the barriers of entry for people like this, people in this category? Okay. Um, first of all, this is actually a good question, but um, the answer I'm going to give would be relative because obviously I know people may agree and others may disagree with me, but then I, I let me just put it across anyways. I know most people would first think of money as the main barrier, but I personally feel it's your mind. This is, of course, relative, as I said earlier on. But then <laughs> I tend to address the one who thinks he or she needs a lot of money to start something. Whereas he or she is not even convinced as to what he or she wants to do exactly. Russians would say tochna. So your mentality, it's a, a big barrier. <laughs> what does that mean? Tochna means like exactly. So you don't know exactly what you want to do or you're not convinced about what you want to do. Okay. And then you feel like you just need a lot of money. Okay. It is money that you need to start. Right. Yet, you actually don't even know what you want to do. So, you realize that your the mentality, your mentality, become, it's, it's a very big barrier. What do I mean by your mentality? Feeling that you don't have what it takes to do, to venture into um, a, a, a certain kind of business. Or your perception about how the market will react to your business. These are things that your mind, it's a, these are blockades in your mind. So until you get rid of these mentalities or these barriers in the mind, right, it, it would be very difficult for you to um, persevere hard. And another barrier I feel is your level of preparation in the field you want to venture into. So you realize that most people want to go into business because other people are doing it or they feel that that's the only alternative to, um, to not getting a job. So because I'm not getting a job, then let me do this. And oh, because everybody is doing this, so let me also do that. Like I heard some time ago in Ghana and when people were ordering face shields and all that, they realized a lot of people want to go into their business because the head is lucrative. And then you realize a lot of people invested money and they lost. Yes. This same person will now go and say, business is not for me. But first of all, you, you, you didn't do enough. You weren't prepared enough. You didn't do a lot of research. So first of all, 
you should prepare before you want to go into business you should you should clearly define your goals you should actually know what you want to do invest in preparation invest a lot of time in what you want to do you don't just get up one day and say oh i want to do business then you you look around what are people doing you try to gather money and do it no it doesn't work that way so you should actually have a passion to do what you want to do if not your you cannot stand the test of time your business cannot go far and also another barrier then now i i can get to talk about money as a barrier which is inevitable because you realize that there are a lot of people out there they have the ideas they have what it means they are passionate but they only need somebody just a push they only need funds to do it so money can also be a barrier and um the last barrier i'd like to talk about is your ability to take risk you cannot be an entrepreneur you cannot be a businessman if you don't if if you don't have this ability to take risk and <laughs> it's funny because when i came here in russia less than 3 months or even 2 months i wanted to go i i wanted to do a certain kind of investment it is something i had been reading about i did so much research on it i lost $2000 this is not serious $2000 i lost the money just like that into thin air and it 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 took a lot but then you know something i didn't give up it didn't deter me one bit i got that money again and i went back into that thing wow and now i'm reaping the results of it so i i i remember when i wanted to do it the second time it's like i don't know i just wasn't moved to stop like losing that amount of money it it was it was big back then and i that money was money i needed to do something with but i took the risk and i lost the money i now had to get money to push into what i wanted to to do originally and i had to make another money again to go into the business that caused me to lose the money i it was a big risk that i was willing to take and i'm so glad i took that risk because now i've even gotten more than i lost if you are not one that is able to take risk you wouldn't really go fine business yeah And my next question is does a change in environment or culture motivate young people to self actualize Thank you very much for this question. I think th- this is a very profound question. So, um I'd say a change in environment, right? Plays a role, but it doesn't it doesn't really have to be your change in environment must not be outside the country necessarily yeah so change in environment right 
could be people changing. So it could be changing the people you associate with. It could be changing the kind of people you follow on social media. Whatever you feed your mind on actually shapes your environment. So your environment here necessarily okay. doesn't mean you re- you need to relocate geographically. But then you can be where you are, then you can change your environment by changing the people around you, by changing the kind of people you listen to. Mm. That can actually shape your mindset. Okay. So in my case, right, my best friend, Harriet, who who is in Ghana actually motivated me to start the business. So I was here in Russia. She was there in Ghana. And she called me. She was on me. Because she had actually started a business back home that was doing so well. So she actually motivated me, right? To even start a business in the first place. So my starting the business and um, Pat's Cockery, it's the first business I started, which was in Ghana. But I started here in Russia and it was I was motivated by someone in Ghana. So it, it didn't start necessarily because I traveled outside of Ghana. But I would say that she had an influence because of the people around me over here. They shaped my thinking because I realized um, my roommate, right, is a workaholic. She's so business-minded. She's so focused. So, and um, um, when you go out, I interact with people who are like-minded. So you realize that interacting with people, it, 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 there was a, a rub-off. You get it. So when she actually brought the business idea onto me, it's it's the it's it's actually like it's it's actually helped me to just go for it because my idea and my perception was actually worked on before she brought the the thought of doing business. So it made it actually much easier for me to embrace the idea of starting a business because of the people that I was interacting with over here. Okay. Thank you very much you for your answer. Ask. So you, you, you've made it clear that it's not necessarily um, the environment per se, but then it can be the people around exactly. you. Okay, okay. Thank you. So, um, our last question for you, okay. What advice do you have for young Africans who want to defy the status quo and pressure from a society that wants them to end up in careers and professions that they have no passion for? Wow, a good one. Okay, so first of all, my advice goes to parents or guardians, or just anyone who feel a certain kind of profession defines your level of success. So this, it only cripples the dream of young people, actually, because kids tend to grow up abandoning their passion for, let me say, a society-defined profession or success. 
This is one of the major reasons why African youths are frustrated <laughs> because their ability to search within, to tap into their innate ability has been ripped off by parents and by people in the society. So I think now is the time to let go of mediocrity and to propel and encourage young folks to explore and embrace who they are and what they want to do. So this is a message out there to people who are in authority, to the society, to parents, and to people who feel that a certain kind of profession is what determines the level of success. It's time we let go of mediocrity. It's time we, we encourage the, the kids, the younger generation, the younger folks coming up to embrace who they are, to go deep within them, to find out what they actually want to do and to encourage them to do that. And also now to the young Africans, what I would say is don't give up until you see that dream materialized. This, this I am talking to those who have seen who they want to be and strongly believe they were created to make a change. So if you are there and you wish, I'm not talking to people who, who are wishes, who wish they were this and that and are not ready to commit to it. No, this I'm talking to people who know that who know that they were actually made to created to make a change. So what I'll also say is never give up and never give in. Let me cite an example with um Thomas Addison. He believed in making light bulbs. And he tried a thousand times. A thousand, I'm not saying hundred. He tried hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred, a yeah. thousand times. Until he got this right the thousand and one time. One thousand yeah. times. He could have easily given wow. up. But he knew what he believed in. He was convinced of what he was doing. So failure wasn't even an option for him. He persevered. And let's look at Elon Musk. Wow. It took Elon Musk three epic fill of SpaceX. He didn't only lose billions. He was actually mocked by people he looked up to. But he didn't give up. Why? Because he had a conviction and he believed in what he was doing. So my message to young Africans out there is don't give up. Only if you believe in what you've been called to do. Push through and persevere because of a fact. That which you've conceived in your mind and that which you've believed in would surely come to pass. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Benis Elam Setrana. So this was a wonderful session. And 
I like how you're able to break everything down for everybody to understand it and, and breaking some misconceptions, disrupting certain narratives about life in the diaspora, living in the diaspora. I thank you so much. And I know young people who want to go into businesses, start their own businesses, young musicians, young artists, um, sports people who also want to go into sports with their talents. I think this is a motivation for them to go all out and then reach for the stars. So we thank you for having for, for, for taking time off to be with us today and then to share these nuggets of wisdom with us. So um, our listeners, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate your time. And then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel. Don't forget to follow us across all social media handles, especially Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Kindly like, subscribe, and then stay tuned for more episodes from Tales of Africa. Thank you very much. We'll catch you again next time. Bye-bye.